Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the mystical temple of God by St. Stanislaus of Jesus and Mary Papchinsky from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with chapter 6, part 3, pages 596 through 598. Chapter 6, The Victim in the Mystical Temple, Part 3. Do not despise exterior mortification either. It is salutary and very advantageous. For what is more profitable to man with regard to either eternal glory or the edification of his neighbors than to strive skillfully and wisely to ensure that each of our senses performs its dutiful action. You will therefore contain your eyes within the Vincentian sphere, within, as I say, the stature of your body. You will not stretch out your hands to what is not permitted. In food and drink you will not seek out excess or what is tasty. You will avoid improper conversations which corrupt good morals and will not listen to flattery murmuring, whispers, defamatory talk, unfair accusations, vain complaints, mocking, blame, and such like monstrosities. For is there anyone among Christians who would allow shameful and obscene things not only hear of them? I shall say nothing about smell. I hope that you will not seek out balsams, roses, and the Cyprian powders, pigments, and other perfumes, Rather, see to it that you are an aroma of Christ. We shall expose other matters of this kind more precisely and with greater detail below. Afflicting the body to extremes is by no means to be neglected. Truly, it should be so much more harshly treated, the more insolently it kicks back, so that this ass may altogether be subject to reason. If, therefore, it seems that common fasts are not sufficient to subdue necessarily the flesh, apply personal ones. Add also to these flagellations sleeping on the bare ground, night vigils, manual labor, and weary this unruly beast so long until it becomes quiet and is more ready to obey at once the bidding of the spirit. Many advise, quite suitably at times, that here a consideration must be had of one's health. Although I do not disagree with them, yet I should always proclaim that you should not thus indulge the body as to lose your soul, but each should at once yield to God as a sacrifice. In addition, you must not think that I am taking no account of that which is best and which alone forms a man wise and holy, namely the moderation, as we say, of our emotions. I allow you to grow angry, but without sin, to rejoice, but in the Lord, to grieve, but because sometimes you have offended God, who is the highest good, or your neighbor, to hope, but for the kingdom of heaven, to be consumed with sorrow, but in penitence for evils you have committed, or good deeds you have omitted, to fear, but only God, as a son fears his father, to love, but the same God alone, or for his sake, our, your neighbor, 
and much more, so your enemy. I shall summarize everything in this brief saying of St. Anthony of Padua. Just as a ship easily sinks when a storm arises at sea, unless the helmsman steers it with diligence, thus emotions make man worse unless they are ruled by right reason. Be then on your watch, excellent captain, lest the ship of your soul deviates from the course leading to the heavenly harbor. Try to reach it with all your might and have domination over the waves and storms like Neptune. The lust should be under you and you shall have dominion over it. That's from Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. Do you have a sacrifice? Call the priest. Love alone has the function of offering it. I already wanted to end this chapter when, for ending it, that famous saying of the imitator of Christ burst into my mind. You ought to undergo all things willingly for the love of God, namely labors and pains, temptations, vexations, anxieties, privations, infirmities, injuries, slanders, rebukes, humiliations, confusions, corrections, and contempt. These forge a heavenly crown. That's from Book 3, Chapter 35 of The Imitation of Christ. These are a sacrifice pleasing to God. St. Stanislas here in this final section of chapter 6 writes of external mortifications, not overindulging in food or drink, practicing moderation and even fasting and abstinence at times, uh, avoiding improper conversations. He avoids, he, he advises also making bodily sacrifices. There was a practice in his day of wearing a hair shirt or a belt underneath the clothing, which was uncomfortable to wear, or even uh, doing some sort of flagellation of oneself and offering it up as a sacrifice. In our day, it's probably best to consult a spiritual director before taking on any extreme sacrifices like that. Limitations on our social media consumption is probably something that we all could do safely and well. He. Um, makes an analogy of our body to a, a donkey or a, uh, a beast of burden that needs to be uh, trained into submission because we want to do what we want to do. We have that stubbornness and we want to have that freedom to do whatever we want, including sin. And we have to train our bodies, as the saints learned, to uh, be submitted to the will. Uh, we don't want to give in to the comforts of the flesh. Uh, so, some practices such as trying to keep a schedule in our day and living some sort of asceticism is very healthy spiritually for everyone. And all of these sacrifices, of course, gain greater meaning when we offer them up as a sacrifice to God. And remember, the priest in the temple is love. So, if we offer these sacrifices to God with love, they have great value. Uh, finally, putting up with our families, our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones who are near to us that we live with day in and day out, this can be a sacrifice which we can also offer to the Lord, and it's great training for our will. Mm -hmm.